This episode is brought to you by CEP Compression Australia. CEP Compression brings the user more energy, greater endurance and enhanced performance during activities. For a discount at CEP, use the following code online, local legends in running. Welcome to the Local Legends in Running podcast, where you hear the stories of local legends in the Australian running community that you've simply always wanted to hear. Today in Season 3, Episode 1, I chat with Brisbane runner Paul Goulet. Paul, who's now self-acclaimed on the good side of 40, is a true example of consistency paying off over years. Starting running around eight years ago, Paul started a run-walk program and progressed to 40k weeks. He has now hit up to 150k weeks in recent years and boasts PBs as fast as 15.15 for the 5k and 2.37 for the marathon. Now a coach with Brisbane Run Group, Runco, Paul delves into his inspiring running story, training week, nutrition and coaching. Brilliant. Welcome officially then to the Local Legends in Running podcast, Paul. Thanks, Ollie. Thanks for having me. I forgot to ask you off air. How do I pronounce your surname? It's Gurley. A Gurley. Gurley, yeah. yeah. The accent is just, yeah. <laughs> Something that like, people do struggle with still, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Hey, mate, we sit here on the 14th of January. This is uh, episode one of the third season of the podcast three years running. I uh, had a pretty average back end of last year. Didn't do too many podcasts. So I'm really delighted to be back here with you as uh, the first guest on the Local Legends podcast. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I did notice that it's obviously dropped off, but you've obviously had a lot going on with family life and a newborn now. So yeah. Yeah. Bought a house so, last year, had a, had a baby yeah. and got a new job. Yeah. So life's pretty busy, but um I'm going to squeeze this in about one every three weeks to a month this year. I think aiming for one weekly, like the Inside Running podcast is a good example of, I'm not sure how, how they commit to that every week, but they do and uh, life can get in the way. So I might uh, lessen the podcast and get, get some good quality out there and make sure we can book it in. Yeah, sounds good, mate. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Awesome, mate. Hey, uh, I, I think I was with you about a month or so ago at the Kedron Park Run. And I believe from memory, the Burt Squad, who I run with in Brisbane, had called a 5K sort of 
a time trial run out at the Kedron Park Run and you were there. And I think that's where my knowledge of you and the idea to get you on here had actually stemmed from. Now, I hadn't sort of seen you around the traps. I know Andy Day is a coach with you, with Runco. Yeah, he yeah. runs for Burt Squad, but I hadn't really seen you around the traps. So I was thinking just on the start line that morning, uh, wondering who you were and you ran very well. Uh, I think on that particular day, you're a sub 17, but I believe you've been far quicker as low as low 15s. But that's that's where I think I, for the first time, had seen you around. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I, to be honest, I, I I do a lot of my my own training, like a lot of solo things. Um, but I do get a lot of, around a, a few of the the local park runs, and yeah, I've been to Kedron a few times there, and Sandgate's always a fast one as well. So it's um, yeah, it's it's good to good to get out on those flat courses and and challenge yourself to run a fast time. So yeah, yeah, and always harder when Bert's there, including uh, me being part of the squad and, and not being up the front uh, as per usual. But uh, Andy Day, uh, so we're throwing that name out as one name that may come up in the podcast. What's your connection to him with the Ronco? So um, Andy and I really just got to know each other through through running. I never never knew Andy. And a funny story, um, like we actually used to live on the same street and didn't know each other. So before we actually connected through running, um, a few a few years back, um, yeah, we lived on the same street. Um, and I I met Andy initially through Chermside Park Run, and he was he was probably somebody initially like you look up to and you think, wow, I would love to be as sort of fast as, as that guy one day. Um, when I started off my my running journey, and yeah, then just for fast forward a few years, I think it was maybe it was just before COVID. Um, Andy and I started talking a bit bit more about like the good idea to maybe put our knowledge together and and start a, a local running group. Um, and yeah, it was maybe across across maybe the the tail end of twenty nineteen into early twenty twenty. Um, we we put a lot of work um going on in the background. And we we basically like we were ready to to hit the ground um, and go and get started and COVID struck so we ended up being a, an online um, group for the first maybe six six seven months and yeah just grown from there so yeah so no Andy really mainly just through through the running yeah. Excellent. I might uh, ask a few more questions later about Runco, but for now uh, I saw it quite a, an interesting and funny photo of Andy Day and yourself uh, within it. But the other character was Steve Woolley at the 5K, I think, at UQ uh, at the very back end of last year. And you guys look remarkably similar. Uh, three, I'm not going to call you old gentlemen, but three older gentlemen, bald heads, similar heights, similar builds, all stronger sort of a build for a runner, I reckon, but uh, all looking super fit. Yeah, yeah, that's a, an ongoing joke um, between a, a group of our, our mates. It's like, yeah, um, if we if one of us turns up, it's like, is that Andy, Steve, or Paul? So yeah, <laughs> is that actually another funny story there? Because I, I mean, I've known Steve for around about the same time as I've known Andy, um, but we um, so yeah, funny story with with, with Steve, um, like we Steve Steve actually joined South Pine Striders where I was actually um, I was I was part of that running group as well. Um, and we got to know each other and then about six months later um, my birthday fell and I realised that Steve was actually born on the same day so yeah, we do, not, not only do we, do we look similar, we're actually born on the same day he's about three or four years older than me I think so so yeah, it's um, quite quite crazy to think that Yeah, 
Yeah, for sure. Hey, uh, I'm looking forward to this uh, this one for a few reasons, and namely, and firstly, is obviously you run and you coach. But the other one is I came across a photo of you on Instagram from 2015, or at least it was showing you in 2015 and stating that that was when you'd started running. Now that's, you know, about nine years ago now, but for an older runner, that's not a long time to have been running for. And considering the way that you run now and the way that you look, you'd never think that. And the photo had, uh, you might know the photo already that I'm talking about, but it had uh, depicted yeah. <laughs> you holding two ice creams looking about, uh, I don't know, 15 kilos heavier at that point in time uh, as well. So I'm looking forward to delving into your, your running story as well. I'm sure you've got lots to talk about uh, how that's transformed your life in the last sort of eight, nine years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I know that photo as well. That, that comes up um, in a few conversations and yeah, cause a lot, a lot of people look, look at me, I'm a, I'm a personal trainer as well. So you're in the gym and, and you're, you're out running and a lot of people just think, Oh yeah, it comes naturally to you. You've, you've just, you just got that physique and it's like, well, I probably have always had that that ability, but it was it just took me a number of years to to unearth that. Um, I play I played football like most of my most of my days. Like growing up in Scotland, um, it was pretty much the working man's man's sport. So that was basically what you did through school, and we did it at club level as well. Um, and coming over to Australia, I, I continued that. Um, and I I done a few like fun runs and things like this but r running's not really big in scotland it's um obviously we, we do have some world-class athletes um but when you come over here like everybody talks about doing cross country when they're younger and doing track and we we were never exposed to anything like that it was always team sports um so i think it was maybe i was about 30 oh it was early early 30s i think it was yeah um and i just decided to to sign up i signed up for um the great barrier reef half marathon i had a couple of friends that were doing the marathon up there and i said oh yeah i'll, I'll give this half mile. and it, it turned out I had a few mates back home it must have just been whatever whatever was happening that year but i was following a few people from back home via social media and a lot of people that I used to play football with they were all delving into half marathons and i thought yeah let's um let's give this a crack and just as the training went was going on I would look at what other people were achieving with it. And I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I could do this time. And and every time I sort of went out for a training run, I, thought I would maybe, oh, re-evaluate re, re the goal. And I went out to to run that great bar, I reached half marathon, and I did, that was my debut half in one hour and 29 minutes. And like, I got a real buzz from that. And yeah, from from there, it's just really taking off. It's like, you hear a lot of stories that people just want to tick running, like tick a mar marathon off their bucket list, but some people get the running bug. And then for me, it was just getting the running bug. And from there, it just took off. Yeah. Ah, it's awesome. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Before we dive into that in more detail, let, let's find out about Paul a bit more generally and more recently. So how long have you been in Australia? Where are you living? Uh, what are you doing for work in addition, if at all, to the coaching? Uh, I've seen a couple of girls on Instagram too, as part of your family. Um, what sort of is happening there in respect to those questions? Yeah, yeah. So I, I've been in Australia now for 14 years. Sounds like I've just stepped off the plane still, but yeah, the accent <laughs> still still as thick as ever. Yeah, agreed. Um don't think don't think it will ever leave me. But um yeah, I've been here 14 years. Um and I live I live in Griffin, just outside North Lakes on the north side of Brisbane. 
um, with my partner Alice um, and two girls. Like, so the girls are um, Alice's two girls from previous previous relationship. Um, so we actually have them week on week off. So the house is pretty quiet at the minute, but it will be pretty pretty crazy come tomorrow. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I I do obviously do the coaching through Runco, um, and I am a full time personal trainer as well. So I I balance oh, yeah, that. Yeah. balance that as well. Yeah. So I do, um, probably about maybe twenty five hours in the gym per week, um, and then the rest of the time, sorry, outdoors and and coaching and and either a one on one or a, a group environment. So yeah, very passionate about uh, health and fitness. It sounds like it. Is that private or with the company that you work for? So it's independent. Yes, yeah. so I work. Um, I work in step. Um, a gym called Steps Fitness. So I'm an independent contractor. Yeah. So it's a good platform to have. Um, obviously they provide clients for you. Um, you've obviously then got to, to to try the the hard sell if you like to to convince people to to stay stay longer and, and look after the health and fitness and, and work with many different goals. So it's, it's, it's good. It's challenging and rewarding. So, yeah. Excellent. And are you officially qualified in both being a personal trainer and a running coach? Yes, I am. Yes. Yeah. So I've got my um, level three, level four in personal training and I'm a certified level two run coach. So, yeah. Yeah. Great. Is right, that right, a recreational I, course you did here in Australia or is that something in Scotland you did? No, that's just something I did here in Australia. Yeah. Um, I think when when I first the, the personal training actually came as a result of my own sort of journey. Um so I the running came first and then I decided I I think I was training for my first Gold Coast Marathon and I did a lot of the running out along the bay, like Sandgate, um, Brighton, up Redcliffe. And I used to see sort of people doing boot camps and things like that and think, Oh yeah, it would be good to maybe get involved in that and help others with it with their own sort of because I knew the journey that I'd sort of been on and it was yeah it was something something's probably always been a part of me but it was later in life before I really got got into that sort of side of things I'd I'd been in corporate jobs previous to that and yeah I didn't really enjoy what I was doing so could you share your age to kind of set the scene for the running story here for the listeners yeah you caught me at a good time actually I'm just the right side of 40 I turned 40 and Three weeks time so oh, yeah congratulations just, uh, yeah a big milestone in life so yeah yeah it must go quickly only a handful of years behind you i'm sure it goes fast <laughs> it does yeah but it's um it's enjoyable though so yeah yeah right hey uh, away from personal training and uh running or coaching what else do you do to buy time um obviously i love 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 running running myself but um away from that i like, like i mentioned earlier I've, I've always been a big football fan um played it like from basically the age of sort of five right through till 34 35 i think so yeah it's been a big part of my life and i, I love to watch sports now as well so um big big epl fan so like you usually this time of year you're you're up at 3 30 in the morning or at late night at 11 o'clock so you're trying to yeah. <laughs> try, trying to arrange the long run around about when you can watch a live game or watch it the next morning without knowing the score so so yeah um any types of types of sports yeah i'm a big big sports fan um and a, a big music fan as well so actually like i don't i've never professionally done anything music though but um I sit and play the guitar and just self-taught just love to sit around the sit around the house uh, the wife's um she's quite musical as well so she um she's got a, a degree in um 
can't, can't remember, but she's she's very good on the piano. So we often just sit. Um, she's got a grand piano up at her dad's. So sometimes when we're up the coast, we sit and have a, a little play about with that. It's a good passion that we share together. So yeah, that's right. And on into the rugby, rugby union. Uh, I'm not not a big rugby union fan. Um, again, it's always there's always been a a, a, a Scotland England England rivalry. I'm yeah. not sure how much you're across that, but yeah, we used to watch like the Six Nations way back. It was it was the Five Nations before I think it was Italy joined us. So, um, we'd we'd get together for a few drinks and and get behind the Scots and that. But um, I mentioned earlier as well that like football was more sort of the, the working man's sport. So if you were sort of um, more a upper class thing probably was more for you but yeah football was always my was always my thing yeah uh, that's great hey well we'll get to your running pbs hey to set the scene you've got uh, a pretty good um range of running times like i just look at them uh which i received off you off your instagram for anyone listening they can uh, find them very quickly on paul's profile but i really struggle to pick which one's the best out of them. So you just seem to perform so well over all of them, but I want to hear some stories behind them. I want to hear about uh, where they were, what, uh, what year they were done and that kind of thing. So from the bottom up, if, if the bottom really is 5k, which I assume is the lowest that you, you want to at least publicize 15, 15, is that correct? Yeah, I, I think yeah. One that I've not actually got on there is probably the three thousand. Um, again, I, I never really came from a background of like doing track and things like that. But during during COVID times, that's that's probably where like where I've run most of my, my best times was during like time trials during COVID. Um, and I actually did a three thousand time trial on the track at Nudgee, and I did eight fifty two for that, which I was very very happy with. It was yeah, so it was good to get that sort of sub three minute case for. Whether whether I could have went any longer and, and got the sub fifteen five like that's that's for another day. I'd I'd love to maybe get close to that at some stage. I don't know whether whether it will happen or not. But yeah, it was good to do that over three thousand meters. Yeah. Yeah. Was that solo? Were you running with some someone? Um, it was. There was a big group of us. Um, and I was I was out for most of it. Um, but I don't know if you know Lewis Purcell. Um, he yeah. he's uh, it was a good Brisbane runner. He lives in Singapore now, but um, yeah, he chased me down and he ended up running two seconds behind me that that morning. So it was um, it was a good a good finish. So yeah, but most That's of it fantastic. was solo. So right, I'll read out these uh, times from ten k up and we'll come back to the ten k. But the ten k sits at thirty two twenty eight. The half marathon, uh, seventy one uh, roundabouts marathon two thirty seven. And a 50K, oh, that might have been the GC50, maybe not, uh, three hours 21. So starting with the 10K, when and where was that? 10K was actually a time trail. It was oh. over at um, Sandgate. So, yeah, I did that. Basically, that course, that, that was COVID times as well. So we did two two times Sandgate part run um, that morning. Um, yeah, so again, it was, that was that was a solo. That was There was nobody, nobody to run with that morning. But again, it was just, you know, you know what it was like during COVID times, like um a lot of people got into running and there was just like people out running. That was basically all you could do to keep fit. You could didn't have access to fitness facilities. So everybody hit the hit the pavement and went out running. And yeah, I just I just really kept kept going. And I was actually due to run the London Marathon that year in, in April. So I'd built up a, a good baseline fitness. Um so that was run I think it was June, maybe June twenty twenty. I did that one. It was like, yeah, for sure, yeah. 
Yeah, okay. Was that with some of the bush turkey or Southpine striders? No, on? no, I was, no. Um, I can't even remember what the group it was. Um, yeah. But no, I don't think, I don't think the bush turkeys weren't really in existence at that point. Um, and no, it wasn't, it was yeah, striders, okay. no, so, yeah. And sorry, my apologies, we missed the, the story behind the 15-15 5K. That was not a time trial, surely. So, so that again was a time trial, but it was with the Birch Squad. So, oh. so yeah. So we actually, we actually did a lot of park run on the south side there. So we did that um, again. I think that was maybe July twenty twenty, um, and I actually got got an invite along um, to join a few of the few of the boys. But but um, oh, forget forget the guy's name. Well, not, Peter not a Matty Hans. Yeah, Robert Peter Bracken, Anderson. but he's, he's, yeah, fifteen, fifteen. Yeah, well, Pete, Pete actually came through and beat me that morning, just on the on the straight at the very end. So, um, but yeah, there was a few guys. There was a couple of guys outpacing us that morning, um, and I, I did think because that was that wasn't long after the three thousand I did on the track, so I was hoping to to go close to the fifteen. But yeah, fifteen, fifteen, sixteen, I think it is for the. For that one as well. So the official the official park run time is fifteen thirty one. So got a little bit of work to try and close that towards okay. the fifteen minute mark. So yeah. And the seventy one half is that from Gold Coast? So seventy one half was um that was one um that again that was a time trial, but that was the it was the Gold Coast virtual half marathon. Oh. And again, so I I did I did the first half of that solo. Again, this was run out at Sandgate. Um, started up at Decker Park, ran to the pier and back, which was 10K. And then we got the extra one and a half just going back towards Ponybrook Bridge and then back in. And then for the second half, Andy Day joined, joined me. Um, and we, we ran, I think, maybe about, I think Andy stepped up with me till about maybe 19, 18 or 19. And I just, I felt so strong that day. I just... I just went on in the last sort of two, three K myself and finished really strong. So yeah. Um never yeah, been able to replicate that in a race since. Like oh, my best my best race it was Jetty to Jetty this year. Sorry, last year. And that was one twelve. So yeah, yeah. I just you gotta, I, you I, get I feel like races. Yeah, well it's 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 one of those like running during um I was obviously really in good condition at that time, and it's run all these good times. Like, would have run better in a in a race. It's it's one of those you'll never know. Eh? So it would just it'd be nice to try to get back to those fitness levels and get back to, like I say, like the the fifteen minute five k or the seventy minute half marathon would be a couple of good goals to try and chase. Yeah, and the marathon two thirty seven and fifty k three hours twenty one. Yeah, so two thirty-seven for the marathon. That's actually a good one because it's not a COVID time. <laughs> so I, three, I think my COVID time that year, which was was actually a race. It was the GC Running Festival around two thirty-nine that day. Um, but two thirty-seven. This is like forget we're in a new year now. Two thirty-seven last year at Sunny Coast. Um, oh, felt right. really good that day. Ran ran with Matty Cooper from the the Bear Squad. He had really he actually did finish in second. We we ran. We ran together for about maybe 34, 35 k's. Who was that? Maybe shy that. Matt 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 Cooper. Oh, Matt Cooper. Yeah, from, yeah, Matt Cooper actually. So keep. Yeah, yeah, he'd be good. But, um, yeah, he's, yeah, he was he's there, a he's a very strong like distance runner. Yeah, yeah. he's very good. I've run. He he was there when I did the 
the 321, which was, or you're right, it was at, um, down the Gold Coast, um, the Koolangatta for the, the 50k championships. That was 2022. Yeah, when I ran 321 down there. Man, what um, what type of pace is that? I've got no idea for 50k. Three, three hours 21. Three hours 21. It's just, it's, a, it's around about four minute, four minute k's. Yeah, and hot day for yeah, that? The, the, it wasn't too bad, actually. Um, Definitely been warmer days down the coast um, than that one. Um, it was actually quite the, the conditions were probably better on the Sunday morning than they were on the Saturday Saturday evening. They were, they did the twelve, I think it was twelve and a half k. They did, and it was quite windy and a little bit warm on the Saturday night. Um, but yeah, it was definitely. I mean, you, you when you're finishing in three hours and twenty one, you're you're in before the majority of people. So you do obviously the longer you're out there, the tougher the conditions do get. So I mean, I think it was finished at about. Yeah, it was about nine twenty in the morning. So this by that stage it started to warm up a bit. So yeah, you're glad to be finished. Yeah, for sure, mate. You've got to get in some races uh, this year, hey, and um, just see where you're at. You got you got uh, any signed up for this year already? Well, the only one I'm committed to this year is the the, the Nusa Eight to Cape. Um, and I actually did that last year, and in some aspects it was the worst race ever and in other aspects it was it was the best and i, I think I, I would describe it as the best finish line feeling because i never thought i would get there um i just i i went in probably a little bit naive like not really properly prepared and not really respecting the the distance um that that i was that, that was taking on i was i was cooked by 30ks there's a as a big big hill around about the 30k mark and I was just I was done by then and I had my, my partner she was she was good with me and I think I called her over that final 50k I must have called her four or five times telling her to meet me at the next checkpoint I'm just I'm throwing it in I'm done and then maybe 20 30 minutes later I would call her back and I'd say oh, meet me there but we'll see how we go and we, we might keep going and yeah fortunately I, I managed to keep going and, and get through and and finish it. So yeah, I decided to sign up again this year and go back. And that's what runners do, don't they? You just you have to go back and revisit and see if you can do better. So yeah, as you get older, that's what so, you do. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Now, so uh, yeah, yeah. You go. Sorry. Yeah. So I, I, apart from that, I don't. I I will. I will look at a marathon again this year. Um, when when that is, I'm not sure. So I've only committed to the the, the Nusa eight to K at the minute. So yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously not Gold Coast. That's sold out. Yeah, Gold Coast, it's, it's becoming crazy. Yeah, Gold Coast and Melbourne sold out. So you've really got to get an early these days for, for these big events, don't you? So, yeah. Oh, yeah. And if we backtrack to Andy Day, of those times, which which of them are quicker and slower than him? That He's got a faster marathon, doesn't he? I think Andy's got me covered now over every All distance. I, I, I did have him over the, the half up until last year, but I think he ran 70 minutes at, at Sunny Coast. So Yeah, okay. And maybe so, yeah. a runner who would, uh, you know, the runners who who need a race, which which is arg arguable, I guess, to actually call those official PBs, whereas those have been time trials. Is there a part of you that wants to do a race to sort of certify them in your mind? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, because I'm not no doubt like when you run a time trial, you run to your watch and yeah. you run <laughs> and you stop the watch as soon as you reach that distance. And I mean, if you if you do an event, you might end up with an extra hundred meters or. 150 meters or so so it's it's properly measured so yeah absolutely um 
I, I, I love to look at those times because I know that I've run them on the distances that, that I've that I've shown on my on my watch. But yeah, absolutely, I'd love to. I'd love to come close, if not beat them in an official race. So, so yeah. I wish you the best of luck, particularly uh, at the age of forty. But um, we've seen runners peak late thirties into their forties too, particularly the ones who start later. And you're in that realm, so hopefully it's only of a benefit to you. Now, uh, let's get into this running story because you've just. Uh, at the start of the interview, spoken about it briefly, but more so back in Scotland. So where you were, I'm not sure if you mentioned the location of birth and then how childhood looked through primary and high school as well, a bit more so. Uh, obviously, you spoke about being here 14 years ago in the country, but uh, how about those earlier years? Yeah, so I was, I was born in, um, on the east coast of Scotland, so a place called Fife, which is just north of Edinburgh. Um, so yeah, I... Um, Grew up in a, a, it was really like a small town. Um, we we went to primary school. I we 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 didn't we didn't stay too far from primary school, so we used to walk there, walk there each day. And like school, school for me really was it was football. Like again, I come back to that. It was just I was I was just a sporty kid. So like, I used used to we we used to just play with with whatever you could kick around. So if you could. Get if you can get a, a football. Like the big the bigger kids would, would play with the football on the on the the grass oval. Um, whereas the younger kids we would just maybe kick about with a, a soft drink can or something. I like just around a bit. Just yeah, and you used to just pretend you were whoever the, was the the famous soccer player of the day and scoring goals. Yeah, that was that was that. And then then going into the high school years, um, moved. So we used to get the bus to school for 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 that. Um occasionally you'd maybe sleep in and it'd be a, a bit of a walk to school as well so I was always like I say like touching back on that I was always like fit and healthy and active and um yeah going going through the high school years was part of the, the high school football club and um then got involved with um with, with um, extracurricular so like sports club um, used to play 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 on a Saturday morning um and the the the, the adverse weather conditions of Scotland. So like, sometimes you'd turn up and the, the the pitches were frozen and yeah, it was just yeah, some 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 good but crazy things like looking back. So yeah. 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 Then into adulthood. So when we reflect back to that twenty fifteen year which we spoke about earlier, uh how did yeah. the twenties look for you? Was was there anything sort of not out of control that led to to you and how you were uh pictured in that particular photo on Instagram that we spoke about? So I <laughs> There was nothing. Um, it was all self motivation. But I, again, like for touch, but like I used to like walk to school and play football, and it was really the big changing point for me was when I learned to drive. Like before then, I would walk places. I would ride my bike, and then you learn to drive. You jump in a car, and you you just you lose so so much movement. You just you're sitting in a car. You drive to to Macca's. You drive wherever, and you just. The, the food intake was probably going up and the exercise was going down. And I just pro probably from about the age, maybe early twenties, again, I was probably still playing football then, but it was like the only exercise I was doing was maybe training once a week and playing football on a Saturday. So the, the weight was piling on. So, so that, that photo, even though it was posted in 2015, I think that photo was probably around about 2007, 2008, I think. 
It was, just, it was it was an open open. Oh, home. okay. Um, but yeah, so so from from about I mean I left school finished school in two thousand and one, so there's probably a good sort of five six year period where I just really piled weight on and like I, I think at my peak I was maybe about ninety kilos, um, whereas now I probably sit anywhere sort of between seventy three seventy five, is where sort of I like to sort of sit with my weight and 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 run with. So so yeah, it was really. It, there was a turning point for me. I think I just felt that I needed to do something about it. And I was fortunate that I found running because running just gave me that platform to exercise without feeling like you were punishing yourself. It was like, I found something that's enjoyable and, and yeah, it sort of coincided with like, let's just maybe try and eat a little bit better. and Let's see if I could lose a little bit of weight and it, and it, it happened for me. So, yeah. Yeah, and was that uh, years in practice or was that uh, more of an instant transformation within months or was this years we're talking about here? No, it was probably a few years, yeah. Yeah, it's probably just, it's one of those things you probably just, you chip away at it. So it's um it's quite challenging in the beginning. Like when I, when I first started running, I was living in Zilmir at the time um, and I had I mapped out again. This was, I wasn't even aware of things like Strava and things like that. So I used to just use Google Maps and I'd plan out a route and you'd know I'd run with a Casio watch. So I'd be able to time myself how long it was just a stopwatch. Yeah. Um, and you would, you would mark certain things on the map. So you knew that a certain street was like 1K away from the house and, and things like this. But I used to do that 5K loop and it would be walk the first K, run the second K, walk, run, walk sort of type thing. And, wow. and yeah, just just took baby steps. And and that's that's things that I like to sort of reflect back on and use in the coaching as well, because you get a lot of different levels of ability. So it's like you don't need to... As a runner, you don't need to be going out running an hour at a time to start with. If you if you can walk, run, then it's a great a great base to start from. Yeah, yeah it can definitely help. Hey Paul, we're just talking about your uh, running story up until uh, the last handful of years, but uh, I'd like to uh, dive into more recent times and particularly the last year or so. Uh, the beauty of Strava is that you can look back about I think it's maybe twelve weeks. I think three three months of uh, the weekly mileage so yeah. I, I jumped onto yours earlier uh, today noticed at around maybe october last year you're running about oh 70 80k and now you've i think you've topped over 130 kilometers for this week so is that something purposeful what sort of mileage have you been running in the last few years and uh yeah what are you sort of aiming for moving forward this year particularly with that 80k on the agenda yeah, so it, it is purposeful. Um, like going back to like sort of that October time, I was was coming off the Sunny Coast Marathon in August. So probably since since then, probably the end of end of August through to and then point. Um, just kept myself sort of ticking along. Did a session here or there, but nothing really structured. It was just to sort of just main lot more on strength and conditioning during that time as well. So the the, the mileage comes down um, and I spend a little bit more time in the gym. So just trying to get the, the legs stronger for entering the next sort of phase of training, whichever event that's going to be. Um, and for me, at 80K in March. So purposefully, I started to build the mileage um, around about through through December, really. Uh, I think it's maybe mid-December, I started sort of getting back up above 100Ks. Um, I had a few weeks 
just towards the end of the month, I think, where I'd maybe peaked at 126, I think, 126, 127. Um, and then gave myself a little bit of a down week um, last week and then jumped into this week here. And like you say, I've jumped back to 130. So um, 130 to 140 is probably what will be my my peak mileage at the minute. Um, I feel that that's just the sweet spot for me. I have previously... Um, going back when I was training for the London Marathon back in like early 2020, I think I was doing upwards of 160 k's a week, maybe peaking at 180. So um, I did a lot of miles that year. Um, and by the end of 2020, um, I pretty much was struggling with a, an Achilles injury that I was I was almost in denial with. I just thought, oh, yes, this will go away as, as every runner does. Um, I didn't really pay too much attention to it and then come so it's February 2021 I really had to like write back everything off and and 2021 was pretty much a write-off for me and um, with the Achilles tendinopathy the beauty of that is it because it's a tendon injury it was I was able to run um but I just had to be mindful of the the, the kilometers that I was doing so yeah probably looking at maximum 130 to 140 during this this training period for, for the Noosa 80, yeah. Yeah, so if we backtrack even seven, eight years and where you started, you mentioned like the walk-run kind of approach earlier, which is definitely a popular and common thing if, uh, you know, runners or runners to be a starting. Uh, how much mileage were you doing back then? And, and if you were to flick through, say, you know how Strava can show you a year per year or Garmin uh, analysis of how many Ks you've covered for the year, hence uh, each week, what would that look like, and how's that progressed? What does your graph, running graph in mileage, look like over the last seven, eight years? Yes, I mean that would actually be interesting because, like I said, when I, when I first started, I I basically just ran with a, a stopwatch, um, and I actually just used to use a little notebook to to record my training. I didn't use any um any um, like things like Strava and Garmin. Like I didn't. I think I got my first Garmin watch maybe. I started, I started running twenty fifteen in the 2015, so it was maybe about another year after that before. So it would actually be interesting. I've maybe still got the, the, the notebook sitting around somewhere, but I did actually used to write and like I did 10K and it took me such and such, whatever time it was I was doing. And I'd, I'd maybe maybe be doing like maybe 40Ks a week in the, in the beginning there. Um, like when, when, I, when I started running, I, I don't know, like with the run walking, I, I can't remember like the transition from like that run walk to the first run. I can't, I just remember that I was in that sort of walk run phase to begin with. Um, and then, yeah, I was, when I, when I first sort of stra started tracking the kilometers with, with like apps like Strava, um, I reckon I was probably 60, 70 Ks a week. I, I remember back in, it was maybe 2017 or 2018, one of those years, I remember like setting a target to run 10k a day and run 70k for the week, and thought that was huge. Um, so that was that was quite a big accomplishment back then. So, so yeah, definitely, um, probably doubled the amount um that I was running up until like 2020, and then it's probably tiered off a little bit since then. And so I think I think at the end of 2020 was my my highest highest yearly mileage, and that was about 6,000 k's. So. So there's there's the peak, and then probably gradually come down from there now. So I think I was just under five thousand for for last year. So that's wow. probably probably like where I'd like to sort of sit. Right? So, so between that four and a half five thousand k's a year would be, be good for me. Yeah. 
Yeah, it just shows though if you can build the the mileage year after year, and that's a, a long time. So there's my son poking his head. <laughs> it, it can uh, certainly add up over time, and particularly in the older, uh, you know, forty, even forty five, fifty as well. Uh, what about your training week uh, at the moment? So you look from Monday through to Sunday. What, what sort of the sessions appear when and and that kind of thing in terms of the the weekly spread? So so at the minute, um, I on on a monday monday's going to be kind of like a double run day for me so um a coach a coach on a monday morning um so i'll try and throw in a few kilometers um at the back end of that and then i'll try and get out for a, a hilly run and um, we've got some good hills that are close to close to work for me so i try and get in there and maybe do 10ks and just get a little bit of elevation um and then you usually well like on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, I'll try and get some kind of um, tempo or um, interval session. Like of late, I've actually been doing um, a few sessions in the trails. Um, again, just like looking ahead to like, it's, it's going to be a lot of trails that I'll be running at the Noosa, Noosa 80K. So just getting used to sort of like, like turning the legs over a little bit quicker um, and, and, and that sort of trail environment. And it's it's good just to sort of get off the concrete as well and just in that surface, softer surface. So um, and then either a two, uh, sorry, a Wednesday or a Thursday, I'll try and get in sort of a, a midweek longer run. So anywhere sort of maybe eighteen through to sort of twenty twenty five k's is what I'm going to be trying try and get in. Um, and then on like just just looking at sort of like Friday, just just an easy an easy run, just again some build some time on legs, and then Saturday, the last couple of Saturdays I've actually used park run as part of the session. So just getting a longer run. I think last Saturday I went out, I ran out to Redcliffe uh, from home, which was about 25 Ks to get out there. Um, and then just, I did a, a hard part run at the end of that. Um, and then yesterday I, I went headed to the trails at Bunyaville. Um, and I did, I did 20 Ks pre park run, did, did a hard park run, like tried to really get the effort up, get the legs moving. And then um, jumped in and did another 10Ks at the end of it. So just trying to push the body on tired legs. So, so yeah. And then this morning, I just got up and just an easy, an easy trot around home. So just trying to, again, build some time on legs. So, yeah, just trying to get that that balance um, between sort of just time on legs and a little bit of, like, getting the heart rate up and what, running at more of a sort of tempo effort. So, yeah. Yeah. And I know uh, Andy Day, uh, we've spoken about, he, he's got a – quite an emphasis on running hills whether he's uh because he, he runs all sorts of uh, you know surfaces road uh trail or whatever um but the benefit of that in general for flat races and then also like are you running hills just slowly on the easy days as well or any thresholds or tempos over the hills in addition to those longest slow trail runs yeah definitely there's, there's a lot of benefits to and uh, you mentioned andy there but i actually um used to take a bit of well, there was advice being thrown out to me, but I didn't really take it on board. Um, and in the beginning with my running, we we had a group like through South Pine Striders and we would just head out to Sangate every weekend and just run on the flat. And the the thought around that process was, well, Gold Coast Marathon's flat, so we just need to run on the flat. But the the emphasis really running the hills is not only, it, it, it builds strength in your legs, but it also just gets you using the body differently gets you using different muscles so it's not as repetitive 
So if you if you're you're more likely to get injured if you're just going and running on the flat concrete every week, particularly because the temptation is to run a little bit faster as well. So that's like the sort of the overuse and then running too fast results in injuries. So it's if you can get get off the the, the bitumen and get into the the trails and yeah, just just mix it up a little bit, run uphill, run downhill. It just uses the body in a different way um, and it helps with performance as well as injury prevention. So, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking if you've got some grass along a concrete uh, footpath to jump on the grass or even the road. I find the road a lot more forgiving, the asphalt than the concrete. If you've got quite enough roads to jump on the side or a bike lane, if you behave enough with the bikes coming past, um, I preferably like to run towards the traffic, if that makes sense, on the right side. So you can see it incoming, but uh, I agree. Changing up the surface uh, definitely varies that. Um, I wanted to kind of segue into nutrition because, uh, Paul, you've obviously uh, performed over various distances. So if we look at each 5, 10, half mara, uh, what would you, and we've got a variety of listeners too who get confused about what to actually consume or eat before a park run. For example, I've got friends and family who uh, think they've got to sit down for a meal, three-course meal before. Yeah, yeah, Whereas, yeah, uh, yeah. a lot of the more experienced runners might have nothing or or one simple uh, snack before a 5K. So what does that look like before and within? Also, uh, obviously, particularly for the half and marathon. Yeah, I mean, I suppose if you if you go look back and you say like 5K, I don't really put an awful lot of emphasis on our 5K. Um, maybe the, the morning of, I might have a, a small snack, like I might have a gel, might have a, a banana, something like that. It's just, again, it's all you've you've got to sort of try all these things in a an easy run. So if you if you do it and like it doesn't agree with you, then don't obviously do that when you before you're going to do a race. And um, but there's not too much emphasis of putting it a five k and even a, even a half. I feel I feel personally for a half half is just the the right distance that I feel you could kind of push your body without without sort of being optimal fuel. Um, I, I definitely remember way back when I first started running around the Twilight Half Marathon down at St. Lucia there, um, and I bonked really badly around about 17Ks, I think I really remember, and I, I didn't really take anything on during during that race. So I think in that I probably learned to, to, to fuel better during the run rather than like so much before it. Um, so I'd, I'd probably just like take on some sports drink or take on a gel like during that run. Um, but then obviously going the longer distance, that's where it is so important. Um, and it's an area that I am still like trying to to work out what is best for me. Um, every time I've run the marathon, I've run slightly quick. I think the only time I've went back a step was twenty twenty two at Gold Coast. I think I went because I'd run two thirty nine for the marathon, and then I did two forty three. I think twenty twenty two, and then stepped up. So, but pretty much at the end of every marathon, I'm always feel like I'm struggling with cramps. Um, so I'm always sort of trialing to see like what, what, what is what, what, what am I missing? Uh, is there is there something that I need to sort of take on board? So yeah, just just your usual kind of like I I. I I've probably probably turned more to sports drinks in recent years rather than gels as much, but I, I do sort of dabble with both. Um, and I've I've tried things like salt tablets as well, which again things like um, oh, the little sachets. I can't really. It's a, I think fixed nutrition. Maybe we do them. The the, the, the um, 
they taste like vinegar. Can't remember what you call them, but yeah, they're. It's one of those things you don't know if it's a placebo effect or if it is actually doing something. But I have actually had, like, whether it is placebo, I do, I do feel like I get a benefit from that. Um, just taking those little, those, those little sashes on, particularly at the back end of a marathon. Um, so yeah, it's it's quite, it's quite a grey area in terms of nutrition because we live in a world now where there is so much opinions. Like you need to do this, you need to do that, and really, it is it's, uh, the best piece of advice I would give there is trial it for yourself. Like, if if it means that you you need to sit down and have a, a big meal before a run, then and it works for you, then then do it. It might not work for somebody else, but we don't need to follow. Like, even if you you knew exactly what I did, it might not necessarily be what's right for you. So the, the best thing to do would be yeah, trial it. If you if you have a a terrible run, then maybe you need to feel a little bit better before that. Or if you end up with an upset stomach, maybe you've taken on too much. Yeah. So that's 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 where I was sort of set with that one. Yeah. The other uh, technique up for debate is actually refraining from nutrition during training sessions or, well, not sessions, so to speak. Might, someone might think of a fast running session when we say that word, but like a long run. So do you ever refrain purposely, like, uh, sort of semi-fast through the the run or the jog to actually have the body practice, um, you know, having no energy within it and performing. Yeah, absolutely. I've I've done I've done a lot of training over the years, like fast aid or just like being out there and, and not taking any nutrition on at all. Um, I've had, I've I've never really in a training run. I've never really been able to simulate that race day feeling like. It's, it always seems to happen on the day. Like the, the cramps, I've never, I've never experienced cramps during a training run. Whether whether it be an easy long run, whether whether it be a long tempo, tempo run at sort of around about marathon pace, but on the day itself, it tends. So, yeah, I'm still, I'm still looking for those answers. So, um, but yeah, I, I I think that there is definitely science behind that. It's. It's it's one of those things that I think probably safety comes first though. Like if you're going to go out in the trails and and attempt to do like a a three hour long run on no nutrition, like you really need to think of the safety aspects of that and think like especially with the way the weather is in Brisbane at the minute, like the last thing you want is to be completely depleted. You're in the middle of nowhere, possibly without, without a phone reception. So yeah, I think safety comes first. Like if you do want to to practice on like that no fueling during, during a run maybe just take something just in case and then if it gets to the stage right i really need this then you've got it there as a sort of a safety thing but again something i have done a lot of myself but i wouldn't really recommend it unless like you sort of started off at maybe like a a, a, a lesser distance or like somewhere where you've got access to to water etc so yeah yeah, it definitely comes down to practice, hey, and particularly the weather variations. Like I was out this morning, it's uh, bloody hot around Brisbane uh, and Queensland at the moment. Uh, I was 5K into a, a longer run, and um, I had a mate actually pass on the bike uh, out the north side on the Jim Sawley bikeway, and he, I was, yeah, 5K in. The first thing he said was, oh, Ollie, you want some water? And he's given me a bike off a bottle off his bike, and I said, yeah, sure. And uh, I hadn't actually realized how thirsty I was, only in 5K, but you do that in the middle of winter in uh, Brisbane or even down south in Australia. 
uh, you can get away with doing a long run of maybe 20K an hour and a half without having anything, nutrition, water, uh, depending on the weather. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You're, you're spot on. I was actually in Adelaide between Christmas and New Year's. And yeah, we noticed a, a big difference down there. Like the, the weather was so much cooler. Um, the climate's different as well. You don't have the humidity. So like getting up in the morning, it was maybe maybe 17, 18 degrees. And but 17, 18 degrees down there is different to, to what it feels here. You might still have like on, on a on the mornings we were getting just now, sometimes it might be 20 degrees, but the humidity is 80, 90%. And that's that's what the keller is for us in Brisbane. So yeah. Yeah, great. Hey, uh, let's get to Runco because uh, as we get closer to the end of this conversation interview, I'd like to make sure that the listeners leave having some knowledge around uh, the running company. And, um, you know, it's a way to uh, maybe sell yourself a little bit, might get a runner or two uh, listen in and, and come along and get some coaching. Uh, so I want to know about what you do, if it's online uh, or in person or both. Uh, when it was founded, you mentioned it very briefly earlier around the COVID time there with uh, Andy. And um, yeah, what sort of type of coaching you do and what sort of athletes and how many you've got on board Runco? Yeah, yeah. So we we, we started, uh, Runco was founded in 2020, essentially is when we launched. And like I said, we, the, during the COVID times, we, we, we went online to begin with. Um, but we do a mixture of online and um, in-person coaching. So we we run four group sessions. So initially, I think when we we started, we started with just one group session. Gradually went to two, and then we had three for a good period of time. And at the beginning of last year, we added in a fourth session. So our, our sessions are um, three of them are run on the north side, um, around about the sort of Brendale, Albany Creek, Eaton's Hill area. Um, and then Andy being based in the gut, um, he he started a session at Suncorp Stadium on a Friday morning. So um, we we use the group sessions. I mean, I know every runner wants to run fast. So intervals are a big draw card for, for everybody. So we, we, have, we do have one interval session a week, but the other one we tend, the, the other ones we tend to focus more on technique and strength. So the, the Monday and the Friday sessions are, based around about running drills and just getting the, the body moving um, efficiently. Um, it, it's a good way to actually find like, if you've got anything tight, like if you go for a jog, everything tends to feel okay. But the minute you start like skipping or things like, oh yeah, that feels a little bit more tender. So it's a good way to sort of work on your form, but identify any little tweaks, any little niggles you've got as well. So yeah. Um, and then we do a, a strength session as well, which predominantly is we've got some light weights but predominantly we use like body weight just basic runners movements that again we touched about like everybody wants to run fast but nobody wants to sort of focus on that strength and condition sort of side of work so that's what we really try to get the message across is try to get people to work on that strength and conditioning and technique sort of side of things so so yeah yeah great is it just you and andy as the two coaches of uh, the the running group or is there any more no, it's just Andy and myself. Yes, um, we we will look to expand. Um, we've got a, we've got a couple of people on board that, that have helped us out in the in the past. Um, so yeah, we we de it's definitely something we are looking to grow. Um, and yeah, and num numbers fluctuate. I think yeah, for a for a standard group session, you might get any anywhere between maybe sort of five and ten, depending on how many are on board for coaching at the time. We've we've got our sort of a nucleus if you like that the guys that have that are there all year round and 
like jumping in lots of events and then you get other people who just they want to train for a, a specific marathon they want to train for a specific specific event so they just jump on board and yeah we, we don't we don't lock anybody in to, for a certain period of time if you you want to come along and you sign up and if it's not working after two weeks and you're not enjoying it you can walk away sort of type thing so we've, we've never had anybody do that um fortunately it's, it's most people come in and they they really enjoy the structure and just it, it gives people accountability and consistency and that's what you're really looking for as a runner so yeah for sure and i guess the specific running coaching too and uh i assume andy's qualified too to have a specific running coaching there on hand they, obviously there's heaps of running groups out there uh, i'm talking about running groups who just meet to run uh, and there might be an organizer of the group who isn't qualified and it's fantastic um, and what you get from that is that social nature and serious numbers like i've seen out at sandgate this morning i'm not sure if you've come across any social media but it's like five groups had merged together yeah, uh, I saw that one. Yeah, yeah. There was like well over a hundred runners there. It's just awesome. Um, but but where I was getting with that was uh the actual um that knowledge behind the coaching, which is um definitely a, a different way to improve and learn specifically about the sport and how you can better yourself uh as a runner and and to perform. I guess uh, is probably the the notion that underlies what you and Andy are doing. Yeah, yeah, and and it's like you say, like there there is so many running groups, and I, again, I guess that probably goes back to when we we spoke about COVID times. Like a lot of people got into running during that time because there wasn't much else you can do, and a lot of people stuck with it. And we've just seen so many, so many running groups, whether it be coaching groups or whether it just be like you said, social groups. They're, they're popping up everywhere, and it's it's great because like people are getting out there, they're being social, they're they're exercising there's so many good good elements to that um and I, I guess the sort of the the difference between the, the social and the the sort of training group if you like um it depends on what your goal is if mm. if you if you if you just want to get out and and go for a run and be social go for a coffee and and what have you then these these big groups are fantastic but if you're looking for a little bit more structure and um just just maybe to to, to tick off a goal or, or maybe you've been running for a few years and you like, like we sort of touched on a few things like do you like I'm not improving for this reason or that reason then just like hit somebody up with a bit bit of knowledge that will provide a bit of structure um and then yeah you could see the, the results are, are endless so yeah 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 and it's great to see isn't it uh, and the Gold Coast Marathon sold out like we've spoken about earlier but to see the numbers out there and I have a guess on here in that realm too who are simply a part of um that social um group and you know fundraising and that kind of thing so definitely want to talk up all aspects of it if you're running and you're out there that's what it's all about and uh, part of the reason why i'm on here talking to people like you but um we're close to the end paul so i've got a, about what i got here seven quick fire questions so the goal is to yep. answer them within one sentence i reckon no one's uh, done that okay. before uh, and you can change that. <laughs> just keep that Let's in the back see. of your mind uh all right ready to go Let's go. Favorite trail to run in Brisbane, and the trail might be part of a parkland, a bit like Bunya, maybe. Oh, favorite would probably be Bunya, but in terms of I'm not doing very well here with one sentence, but in terms of getting good elevation, clear mountain trails, which is the one that I run, it's quite close to work, so. 
yeah, I think you get really good training in those. They're very hard. I've actually had to walk a few a few of the hills in there. So yeah, I'd say I'd okay. say clear mountain. Yeah, sure. Favorite park run, not the fastest. The fastest might be your favorite, but favorite park run. Uh favorite park run. It's hard, it's, hard, it's hard to look past Sangate. I just I just really enjoy the the location of it and yeah. how far how fast you can run out there. It's particularly on the, that that bear that bear week. It's just it's just so much fun. It's so much hard work, but so much fun. So yeah, yeah, it's hard to look past Sangate. It is. Okay, favorite all time runner? Anyone you look up to who run with or around or, or professional? Um, I say I was craning new to running so i never really sorry yeah. had any sorry idols if you like and in, in that respect um my my uncle's always been like he, he still runs to this day he's in his 70s now and um, he actually came over in 2019 it was he was he was going to run the the gold coast marathon but he got injured in the lead up so he ended up not doing it but um but yeah I probably take a lot of inspiration from like what what he's done uh, over the course of his running career so yeah Okay, favorite running distance from the five k up, which is a favorite event. I love the half marathon. I just it's just the right distance to really have a go and not bonk, not not really like the the marathon. Of, um, all, I'd love I'd love to like keep checking my weight at the marathon, but I just yeah the half is just my my favorite distance. Yeah. All right. If you could, uh, this is an ultimatum. If you could strengthen or stretch for the rest of your life uh, as a runner. Which one would you do? Which is more important to strengthen or strength? Strength. Strength. Without doubt, strength, yeah. Okay. Uh, what's your biggest inspiration to run? Why do you run? Uh, I, I guess the, it's, it's probably not really <laughs> that exciting. It's just the, enjoy, the enjoying, I, 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 the enjoyment I get from it. Like It's not not an inspiration as such, but just it's just that feeling. Like when I get up in the morning, like even even this morning, um, I decided that I I just I won't bother setting an alarm. I'll just have a bit of sleep in, and I was awake at five thirty. And the first thing I thought was like, I'll get up and go for a run. It's just just like if I if I can get out and do my run, I could like it's almost makes my day. It's just like like the rest of the day can sort of take care of itself now. So yeah, just the way it makes me feel, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Uh, that might lead nicely into the last question of uh, the interview, and that's any last words of advice for runners out there. Like I said, uh, we've got runners who are trying to get off the couch, and we've got runners who listen who are performing at a pretty high level. What's out, of, out of what you've learned, Paul, over the last 5, 10, 15 years with running? Yeah, I, I guess it's um, no matter who you look up to or, or who you're taking advice from, it's it's it comes down to you. It comes down to like being consistent like you won't you you often get like people i will, I will speak to like faster runners like how can you run that fast or how do you do this or how do you do that and it's like it's not like we just like got off the couch and ran 15 minutes for 5k or went out and ran a marathon with no training like you you basically you you have to get out there and, and be consistent and find enjoyment in it like like obviously what i said in the in the last question is like it has to feel like you want to do it. If you're constantly like dreading, then it's it's going to be a, a challenge. It's 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 almost comes down to the fact that like, 
there's so many different sports that you can do. So so maybe maybe dabble in something else. Like if you don't really enjoy running, just because if that's what everybody else does, maybe maybe jump on a bike, jump in a swimming pool, do do something different. But yeah, you've really you've really got to enjoy it. Um, and that's where the consistency comes from. Yeah. So that's great. I appreciate your time. Uh, I've got no idea how long we've sat here for because I've been interrupted on and off uh, from various yeah. people in my family. I won't go back and tell them that. I'll get in trouble. <laughs> I'm just appreciative to actually sit here and get the time, considering there are three others in the house at the moment, including yeah. a four-week-old. So uh, thank you, Paul. I'm sure that um, yeah. listeners will benefit from uh, a variety of things like the coaching conversations you had, uh, that running story, which is pretty inspirational too. And and to be at your age now and, and competing so well, I do wish you the best of luck with actually yeah. getting those times down and uh, let me know because I'm pretty sure then we can sort of classify them as certified and official times and uh, and that 80 kilometer race too. Yeah. Thanks Ollie. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. It's, uh, yeah. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. No worries. We'll be in touch. All right. Cheers Ollie. Cheers. See you mate. Thank you. See ya. See ya. If you enjoyed listening to this episode or the local legend in running podcast in general, please jump on Spotify, give it a rating. I'd much appreciate it. Thank you.